You know, I said earlier that there was a row of people that never said that, um, applauded that Riverside was the best place on earth. And it's because they don't come from Peoria. But we have with us today Ken and Christine Williamson, the pastors of London's Riverside Church. And they've got a team with them. Stand up, if you will. Let's welcome them. Give them a big welcome. <laughs> I want to tell you that's one great church. If you're ever in the London area, you've got to go to London's Riverside Church. Uh, I love going there and I uh, love their pastor and loved him and uh, his wife for many, many years. And uh, seeing what God has done in that church in London has been absolutely amazing. And uh, we're thrilled to have you here. And uh, Ken's coming back later in the year to preach for us. But uh, this morning... Got one or two fans, but uh, we are absolutely thrilled to have the team with us um, this morning at Riverside. You know, there are some people here today who have had the best week of their lives. But there again, there are others that are here today that have had the worst week of their lives. So let's do a test. Who would say, I've had the best week of my life? How many say, well, I've had the worst week of my life? Yeah, there's a few that are raising their hands. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to pray for you in a minute, so hold on. Don't give up right now. We're going to pray, all right, in, in a minute. But, um, but then you know that there are, are um, some people here today who have never known and really have no real desire right now to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. But then there are others here today who can't imagine life without Jesus. People who say, I can't imagine life without him. And and as I was praying about all this and about the different people that uh, would be here today, I just felt the Lord say, something great is going to happen in this service. That it is today you're going to find, whether you expected it or not, God's going to speak to your heart. He's going to change the direction of your life. He's going to cause you to see things that maybe you've never seen before. It's not going to be what John King says. It's going to be God that's in this place. Because God is in this place this morning. And he's seeking to speak deep into your heart. If you are open and you are ready for God to talk to you then I want to assure you he's going to do just that. He's going to speak deep into your heart this morning and maybe change your life forever. So I I want you to join me in in a prayer right now. We're going to pray and and we're going to open our hearts. So all you do, you know, we, we, we have things that we do with our hands here. You know, we lift our hands to worship. And then if we want to receive from God, we hold our hands like this. We want to receive. It's receiving from God. And so, if you're here this morning, you say, I want God to speak deep into my heart. You may never have experienced that before. It it may not be part of your experience of church to have someone say that God is going to speak to you this morning. But I'm here to tell you that he has spoke to hundreds of people that come to this place. And and the fact is, he, he is no respecter of persons. He loves you as much as anyone, and he wants to talk to you. 
And so right now, let's pray. And maybe you hold your hands and say, God, I don't know what this all means, but I want you to talk to me. All right, come on, let's pray together. Father, we bow before you and we thank you that you're the God that pursues us. You're the God who loves us enough to come right where we're at and to say, I love you. And so, Lord Jesus, we hold our arms out to you right now and we say, you are welcome to speak into our lives today. We pray, O God, that you will open our minds to hear what you're saying, that you will change our will so that we will will to do what you want us to do. We pray blessing upon this crowd this morning that, Lord, it will be that we will leave you saying, God spoke to me this morning. We ask it in the name of Jesus, God's people said, Amen. Amen. I really want to talk to you about finding God. And you may say, well, you know, I've already found him. Hey, hey, John, you don't need to talk to me about finding God. I have already found God. Well, if you're anything like me, you know, I found God when I was really young. And, and now I'm a little bit older. Not a lot older, but I'm a little older. And, and the fact is that um, I, what I found out, you know, what I found out was really I never found him. He found me. Oh yeah, he came to me at a time where I needed him, but I found that he was running towards me, he was ready to receive me, and I found that he was looking for me. He found me when my life was a real mess. Oh, I mean, my life was an absolute mess, and that meeting Jesus that day changed my life forever. Oh, I mean, something happened that day that I was never the same after that day. And, um, but, but let me, let me be honest. I tried to be honest here at Riverside and, and, and let me be honest that, um, I have to tell you that, um, I, I don't know how many times it's been, but I have wandered from God many times since that initial time of Him finding me. There have been things that have happened in my life. There have been ways that I've gone. There have been things that I've done that have caused me to wander away from God. And there have been times when I've messed up. Hey, I've messed up so many times in my lifetime, friends. I, I want to tell you, you just sit down with Letty and she'll tell you about loads of them. The times that I've messed up, they are without end. I've, I've messed up so many times. And I've wandered from God many times. But you know, I've always turned back. And when I've turned back to him, I found this, that he's running towards me faster than I'm running towards him. Because he loves me that much. And the fact is that he wants me in his family. And he wants me to be right there with him, walking through my life with him. You see, most of us, if we're honest, we'd have to admit that we often only need God when we're in a mess. That actually we only even turn towards him when our things begin to go wrong and, and we're getting all messed up. And so we, we turn back to him when our lives are messed up so very often. Now you may be hearing you saying, you wimp king. You mean you run to God because you're weak. You run to God because you're messed up. 
You run to God because you're alone and lonely. You run to God because you're in debt and you need help. You run to God because you're out of work. You run to God because you have marriage problems. You run to God because you have parenting problems. You run to God because you've got financial problems. You're nothing but a wimp king. And I have to admit to you, that's probably absolutely right. And I have to admit to you that there are times when I run to him and I'm so embarrassed that I'm coming again. And I've messed up again. And I run to God. And you know what I find? I find again that every time I run to him, he's running faster towards me. Because he loves me. And he loves you as well. So the fact is that um, we, we don't like to admit that our lives are messed up. In fact, we cover up a lot of the messes that we're in. We even talk about dressing up in our Sunday best, and and you're all looking good this morning. Turn to the one next to you and say, you're looking good this morning. All right. But we're good at covering up the mess of our lives. We're good at covering up what is happening deep on the inside. We put on a mask and we put on a facade and and, and the fact is that we all need God so desperately in our lives and and we cover up all the messes that we're in and and the fact is that deep down inside we desperately need God. You know, I've done a search of the scriptures I've gone, especially through the Old Testament and I want to tell you this, it's not many times that you go into the Old Testament and you don't find people that are all messed up. It seems to me that everyone we get introduced to in the Old Testament especially and even into the New Testament are people with messed up lives. Oh, we we read about these great people and we think of the great man Abraham and we think of the great man Moses and we think of the great man Jacob and, and we think of the great King David. But as you read the scriptures, you find that when they came to God, they were messed up. And the fact is that throughout their lives, they were completely having to run back to God because they were messed up. It was that they came to him in their mess. You know, most of us become experts at hiding the mess of who we really are. We cover up. And the fact is that um, everything can look good on the surface. But when we get underneath the cover, when we get underneath the mask, when the facade is taken back, we begin to see the mess of life. I I want to introduce you to a guy in the Bible that um, would fall into this category. Uh, He's a man that you'll know when we read about him. We're going to read about it in Luke chapter 19, and we'll read from verse 1 through 10. Uh, And and it's a, a very interesting story here. I've actually been to the city that um, they talk about here. It's the city of Jericho. Right in the middle of the city of Jericho, there's a tree. And and that tree um, is a tree that's been there, they say, for over 2,000 years. And they reckon it's the tree that's in this story. Well, let me read, read the story to you. It says in Luke 19, verse 1, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, 
but could not because of the crowd, because he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, that's the crowd, they all complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So there's the introduction of who he was. It was this man, Zacchaeus. He was a wealthy tax collector. He's got it together, if you can imagine that. You know, as a teenager, I, I lived in this country of Wales, and, and uh, I got this job. I got this job that I did before I went to school every day. I used to get up early, and I used to deliver milk. They used to deliver milk to the doors there uh, of people's homes. And, and so I would get up early, and uh, this uh, milk truck would come along. And uh, I want you to imagine this truck with, with uh, crates and crates of milk on it, and, and, um, and, and on the back... Uh, there was a step along the back of this truck and we used to stand on that step and hold on for dear life as this truck would go along and, uh, and, and he'd slow down when we got to some houses and we'd grab some milk that uh, they had ordered at the house and we'd step off the back of the truck, run like crazy, deliver the milk to the house, then run like crazy and we'd jump back onto the truck. Now this truck never stopped. And so we were running, getting off, and, and getting off, and, and, and well, one day I ran, and I jumped back on, grabbed the truck, but I never got a good hold, and I fell off the truck, and banged my head, and I went unconscious for a few seconds. Some says that's the reason he's like he is. <laughs> but I, I came around, all I knew, all I knew was that I hurt my butt like crazy, and, 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 and so I got back up, but after a while, I found that I was dizzy and, and, and really, you know, feeling funny. And, well, in the end, they got so concerned about me, they took me to the doctor, and I ended up in hospital. And um, uh, the fact was that um, all I knew was my butt hurt. <laughs> well, long story short, they found out that I'd fractured my skull... And, um, and now they were scared of internal bleeding going on. And so I was in hospital for over five, day, five days until they were, felt sure that I was okay. You see, I, I, all I knew was that I had a bruised butt, but the wounds were on the inside. They were concerned about what was happening on the inside of me, the wounds that you couldn't see on the outside. And they were concerned about that. Now, Zacchaeus was a very successful businessman. 
He looked good on the outside. In fact, what had happened was that he took a bad situation. The bad situation was that Israel was taken over by the Romans, and now the Romans were insisted on the Jews paying taxes. So Zacchaeus, who was a Jew, he got a job now collecting the taxes from the people. And, and the fact was that now he had this lucrative career. He collected taxes from his own people on behalf of Rome. Now he was a despised man. No one liked Zacchaeus. Because with the blessing of the Roman Empire, he was allowed to set the taxes at such a rate that they not only got their money, but he got money as well. And so he would overcharge the tax and he would take the money for himself. And that's the way that he got rich. Uh, but he was a despised man. He was a hated man by his own people. And, um, and he, was, he was wealthy on the back of betraying his own people is what they were saying. You know, it was tragic really because when you look up the meaning of the name Zacchaeus, it means innocent and secure. So when his, his mum and dad were holding him as he was born, they had dreams of this young man being an innocent man, not wandering into wrong, but innocent and now secure for his lifetime. And, and the fact was that that is what they wanted for him. But the fact was he became successfully corrupt. You know, it's possible to see a seemingly secure person Someone who has it all together, yet failed to see that they're bleeding on the inside. It's possible to see someone who is successful and influential. Someone who is known in the community as an influential person and fail to see that they are bleeding on the inside, that they are victims maybe of some failure of the past, that they are maybe someone who has been a victim of betrayal, that they are someone who has been corrupted on the inside, that they are someone who is gripped by bitter disappointment. And those things that are not seen on the outside are actually controlling their lives. Oh, now I know that we know people that when we look at them, their wounds are very evident. There are people who we know and we look at them and it, it's easy to see that they are broken people. There are people who you look at and you can see chiseled into their face that they've had a very difficult life and that they're going through very difficult problems. There are people who you know that you see and it's very evident that they are bleeding on the outside. Their wounds are known everywhere and they talk about their wounds and they talk about what they've gone through and they talk about the situations that they're in. They're bleeding and everyone can see it. They're broken and everyone can see it. But you are here today and you think that no one knows because you look as if you've got it together on the outside. There's nothing about you that anyone could look at and say they're broken and they are bleeding. But you know that on the inside, you are bleeding on the inside. There are things happening on the inside of you that no one knows about, but God knows about it this morning. He wants to meet you at the point of your need. 
Maybe you're here today and you are here and you think, well, everyone sees my marriage as a great marriage. Everyone looks on us as an ideal couple, but they don't know what's going on behind closed doors. They don't know how I'm feeling in this marriage. Some here today, you may look and they say, what a great family. They've got their kids together. And their kids are the best, and we ought to model on their kids, but they're failing to see what's going on in your family and the things that are happening that are breaking your family up. And there's, there's pain on the inside. It's all covered up, and no one sees it, but it's there. You hear this morning, and it may be that people look at you and they see you as well-dressed and influential and they think that you've got the financial world put right, that everything is good in your finances, but in fact, you know that you're living week to week and, and, and the fact is that, that you are in increasing debt and, and you, you don't want to sign up for Financial Peace University because you don't want anyone to think that you haven't got it together in your finances. But the truth is you're covering it up. You need to sign up for Financial Peace anyway. It'll do the world a good. You see, many of us can't hide our wounds. Many of us, when we're wounded, everyone knows it and everyone sees it. Our messy, broken, bleeding lives are open for all to see. But there's another mess. It's the mess of success. It's when you don't want anyone to see that you've not got it together because you've always been known as having it together. You don't want anyone to see that you've wandered from God because you've always walked close to God. You don't want anyone to see that the intimacy that you used to have with Jesus is a thing of the past and, and now it's not where it should be. You don't want anyone to see that. The fact is that you're here this morning and something's missing on the inside of you. There's something not right on the inside of you. Emptiness fills the core of your life. And it is that you're here and everyone thinks it all, it's all right as they see you from the outside. But there's a gaping wound on the inside and now you are bleeding. And the fact is that no one sees it but you know it's true. You see, it can be open to the fact that failure can leave us for dead. But listen, success can bury you alive. And it can be that you're so taken up with success that you can't admit when you need someone to help you. But listen to what the scripture says about Zacchaeus. It says that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Verse 3 tells us that. Now, now I love that verse because it also tells us that he was short. <laughs> How many know that a guy like me gets very blessed when you meet someone else who is short? I, I met a guy who was about my size this week, and I said, thank God, someone I can look in the eye. <laughs> and, 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 and Zacchaeus was short, and, and, and I love him for that. Well, the fact is that he couldn't see over the crowd, and so he climbed the sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus. I wondered why Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Well, I suppose it could be that he had heard of the miracles it could be that he had heard of the healings that had happened, people who had been healed of all sorts of diseases. 
Maybe, maybe he'd heard about Jesus walking on water and, and, and causing Peter to walk on water as well. Maybe, maybe they'd heard of Jesus calming the storms and bringing peace to a stormy lake. Maybe he'd heard all these stories about him that people were talking about. This amazing guy, Jesus, who was in Galilee and walking around. And, and, and they'd heard all this. Yeah, maybe he'd heard all that. But, you know, I really think that with Zacchaeus, I, I think I know why he wanted to see Jesus. You see, he had a friend. His friend's name was Levi. You know him better as Matthew who was a tax collector. The Bible says he was a tax collector. And, and I believe that Zacchaeus has heard that Matthew, one day, he was sitting taking taxes and Jesus came along and Jesus said to Matthew, I want to leave you to leave everything you've got and I want you to follow me. And Matthew left everything of his life and he followed Jesus and became a disciple of Jesus. I believe that Zacchaeus wanted to know what would make a man like Matthew, who was into the same trade as him, who had the same career as him, someone who was very successful like he was, now quit all that and now follow Jesus for the rest of his days? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people in your work saw something about you that has changed because of knowing Jesus and they want to know Jesus because of you? Wouldn't that be a great thing? Well, the fact was that he wanted to know. He was intrigued by what happened to Matthew. He wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but here's the truth, friends. Jesus wanted to get a hold on Zacchaeus' life. He didn't want just someone who was intrigued with him. He wanted to get hold of his life. And the fact is that you are here today and you may be intrigued by some of your family members coming to know Jesus here. It may be that you're intrigued by the stories they tell of what's happening out of Riverside and, and, and the different things that have gone on in their life. And you've been intrigued, but the fact is that Jesus wants you to know. You may be wanting to know what Jesus has done, but the fact is Jesus wants to come into your life and he wants to prove himself to you because he loves you. He's real and he loves you. You see, and the fact is that when we think we're looking for God, it's actually the opposite. He's looking for us. He's coming down the aisles here. He's coming along your row. He knows you by name. He says, I've been waiting for you to come along here. You need to know what, while you may feel mildly interested in Jesus, is desperately looking for you. While it might be that you are in your mess and you're covering up your mess and, and you think no one knows and would Jesus want me even if he knew me because of the mess that I'm in, he comes to you and he says, I want to come into your life. And, and, and the fact is that he comes to Zacchaeus and he calls Zacchaeus and he says, I must come to your house today. I must come to your house today. Now you need to know that as you run from God, he's very intentional of keeping looking for you. He'll not give up from today. He'll not give up hunting you down because he's very intentional of being a part of your life. God wants to come into your life. He is desperate to be a part of your life. He longs to be a part of your life. 
Notice what happens. Find that Jesus, he gets to Zacchaeus' house. He says, I must come to your house. And now Zacchaeus being around Jesus, he begins to open up his life to Jesus. Look what he says in verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Do you know what I found, friends? And what many others in this room have found? That when you're around Jesus, you don't have to hide anymore. When you're around Jesus, you can take off the mask. When you're around Jesus... You can pull down the facade when you're around Jesus. You don't have to hide who you are anymore. The fact is that now he comes to you and he says, I don't want you to act as if you're perfect. I don't want you to put on a mask. I don't want you to put on a facade. I I don't want you to be anything but who you are. You don't have to pretend you are who you're not. He says, I don't want you to act as if you've got it all together. I know you haven't all got it all together. He comes and he says, I I don't want you to be pretending that there's no internal bleeding going on, that the pain of the past is affecting you. I don't want you to cover that up, he says. I know all about it and I want to heal you. He says, "I, I just want you to come and say I'm through with pretending, God. I'm through with pretending that I've got it all together. I have not. Jesus, I just need you to heal the wounds I can't see. Jesus, please heal the bleeding on the inside of me. Please heal me of the wounds that I don't even know how they got there. You know, when I fell off the truck, the only thing that hurt me really was my butt. Uh, But the fact was the wounds were on the inside. They were on the inside. What they told me was this, that, that... Falling off that that truck uh, caused a shock to go through my whole system. My whole body went into shock. Uh, Have you ever ever found yourself wondering, if I'm that successful, why do I feel like I do? If I've got it all together like I think I've got it all together, why do I feel lonely on the inside? Why is it that even though I've got friends and family around me, I still feel lonely? Why is it that I I go through my life and I've got no real financial problems uh, that I can really think of, but I feel as if everything is meaningless and empty? I've got everything that I could ever want, you may say, but there's an emptiness right on the core inside of who I am. Why do I feel like that? I have to tell you, you're broken in your soul. I have to tell you, you're bleeding from the inside out. I want to tell you that only Jesus can heal that kind of bleeding. It's only Jesus that can do the surgery that you need. Well, I I could promise you that Riverside could offer you counseling for your ailing marriage. I even know that there are great people here who have great parenting skills that could offer you help in parenting. I've told you already there's financial help. If you need financial counseling, 
then you, you should sign up today in the foyer for Financial Peace University. You will have the best financial counseling that you could ever get. But the healing that you're needing on the inside, the healing on the wounds that are there that you've been covering up, Oh, I want to tell you, only the great physician Jesus can deal with those wounds. He's the only one that can sew up and mend the brokenness on the inside of you. Only Jesus can do that. Zacchaeus found that out that day. Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house. Today, it's happening, Zacchaeus. You're being healed on the inside. You know, the word word salvation, it means healing. It means wholeness. It means a new beginning. But it didn't stop there. You remember that I said that Zacchaeus was despised by his own people. Listen to what verse 9 said. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Now, what is he meaning by that? It was absolutely amazing. You know why? You know this man, this man Zacchaeus was despised by the people who were from Abraham's race. He was despised by every Jew that was around him. He was despised because of this tax thing and the way that he had betrayed people. He was a thief in their eyes and they disowned him. They cut him out of their families. They cut him out of being of the heritage of the Jews. They didn't look on him as a Jew. But Jesus said, this day, he's been healed on the inside. And now he's welcome back in the family. He's back in the family. He's a son of Abraham. He's back in the family. Listen, God wants you in his family. He knows you don't deserve to be in his family. He knows you've messed your life up real bad. He knows the pain and the suffering that has gone into your life, and you've caused some of that yourself. And he knows all about that. He wants to forgive you and give you a brand new start. Salvation will bring a brand new start. It will bring healing. It will bring wholeness to you. But also, listen, listen, listen. He wants to put you back in his family. He wants you to be known as a son and a daughter of God. He wants you to know that from today, hey, you're back home. You're part of the family. You're not outside anymore. You've been welcomed back into the family of God. He wants you in his family. He wants you to know that you can be accepted and loved by God and his family. And then Jesus said these incredible words. In verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now be careful here, Christians. Hey, Christians, listen. Be careful now. It's easy to look around and to see people who you think are lost. And you've been saying under your breath, preach it, Pastor John, give it to him. Go for him, Pastor John, get them. When all the time God is speaking to you. That God is looking at your life. It's so easy to look at that verse that says, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And we immediately think that we're lost and on the road to hell. That he's just talking about people who have, have never known him and have, have rejected him. And people who are going to hell because of their sin. 
When in fact Jesus is looking for you because you've wandered away. You've gone away from where you once were with Jesus. You've been sucked into the belief that it's all right to be religious and to attend church. When in fact your heart is a million miles away from God. You see, the fact is, there are many people that we can identify easily as being broken and lost. And fail to see that we lost ourselves. Fail to see that we're missing it ourselves. Fail to see that we are far from where we should be. I felt God say, I'm speaking to everyone here this morning, including you, John. You're speaking to everyone, including those who work hard every day. Including those who say that they have made something of their lives. Including those who say that they've succeeded in becoming a person of influence and a person of value. It is that you've become a person who is respected and valued, but you know you're bleeding on the inside. You're far from God. Somewhere along the way, you've become lost. Jesus is looking for you right now. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, and verse 36, it says this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. And once again, as religious people, we take that verse and we make it sound for those who are outside, who are lost and go into hell. I don't believe that that verse is only for them. I believe it's for every one of us. I believe it's saying we can, lose, we can gain the whole world as Christians and lose our soul. That it is that we can gain the whole world and be respected and financially well-off people. And we can be known around the community for the different aspects of our life. But on the core of who we are, deep inside of who we are, we know that we have lost. We have lost our way. You see, I believe that you can lose your soul long before you die and go to hell. I believe that you can be a Christian and lose your soul. By that I mean you'll lose your me reason for being. You lose the reason why you exist. You begin to now be molded by this world and not by God's world. Now you are in the place that you're doing your own thing and not God's thing. I believe that you can be so lost that you can't find the real reason for your life anymore. I believe for God you can forget what your life is all about. You can forget that you were made for the glory of God. You weren't meant to consume your life on yourself. You were meant for the glory of God. We can forget by becoming who we've become. We can forget of who we were intended to be and who God made us to be. You've become less than what God intended. And God's coming searching you out today. And he's saying, I can't let it go any longer. I can't let you drift any longer. I can't let you wander any longer. And, and although it means to ripping the mask off and taking away the facade, I, I am coming after you because I love you. And we can get to the place that we fail to see that God is looking for us. He is looking for you this morning. 
You notice what Zacchaeus did? He got up into a tree. <laughs> it's amazing how we try to make ourselves higher than Jesus. We can settle to a place where we exalt our thinking above the thinking of Jesus. And we begin to work things out in our mind, and now we put that above what Jesus says. Do you know that you can create your own God so that it fits into your lifestyle? So that you can now do what you want over what the God wants because you have created a God that's lower than the God of heaven and now you worship your own God. Your own ideas, your own principles, your own ways of life. You can now form your own religion around your life. You can form your own church life around your life so that now your church life is governed by what you put together rather than what God says. You hate me for saying it, but it's an absolute truth that what is happening in this generation. You need to humble yourself and get out of your tree of pride. And admit, Jesus, I'm bleeding on the inside. You need to stop trying to be above Jesus. You need to come down so that Jesus can look you in the eye and he can say, now I can heal you on the inside. So in a few moments, we're going to pray. I, I'm going to ask the prayer team uh, that are here, if there's any of the prayer team here, to come forward right now. And uh, I want you to listen to me right now. Jesus is coming right where you're at. He's coming to you right where you're at. He knows everything about you. You can't hide anything from him. You, you, can't, you can't put on a mask and think that you can hide things from Jesus. He sees right past the facade. And he says, I love you too much to leave you alone. I want to help you. I want to heal the wounds. I want to give you a brand new start. I want you to go from today knowing that you're back in the place where you are now putting God in his rightful place in your life. You're not exalting your thinking above his thinking. You're saying, God, I submit to your thinking. God's asking this morning if there are people here who will, who will stop hiding the wounds that are on the inside. If there are people here who may be very respectful people, may be very influential people, but really, really get beneath the surface and they're in pain on the inside. There are gaping wounds on the inside. And God says, don't carry on in your misery any longer. Don't carry on in that pain any longer. Let me heal you and get this thing moving in the right direction again. Let me heal you. And let's walk together again in the family of God. Heal you and cause you to know your destiny. Your destiny is not heaven. Your destiny is what you'll do for Jesus on earth. And this morning he says, I want to get that destiny back on track. I want you to move in a new direction. So let's pray right now. Let's everyone bow in prayer. Close your eyes. 
I want, you, I want you to forget everyone around you. I want you to forget that your wife is next to you or your husband's next to you. I want you to do a heart search right now that only can happen between you and God. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, will you search people's hearts right now? And right now, I want people to be honest. I've tried to be honest and tell you my journey here today. I'm looking for people who will be honest and will say, John, John, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me right now? Because I know that I'm bleeding on the inside. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right up right now. That's right. Don't, don't, be, don't put it down. Keep it up. Keep it up. And, and, and you're saying, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding on the inside right now. And I know, I know I need the great physician Jesus to touch me and to heal me. If that's you, from wherever you're from, whatever you've been into, I want you to just raise your hand. If God's knocking on your heart's door right now, raise your hand. Don't be so proud that you hinder God moving in your life. Is there anyone else? Yes, God bless you. Now, these people who are at the front here, they are prayer warriors. They are people who have prayed before coming here today because they want to pray for you. If you've got your hand up right now, I want you to get up and come and stand and let these people pray with you. I, I tell you, you will be blessed by them praying for you. If you're in the balcony, it's worth the trip down. Just come out through the side doors there and make your way down and, and you will be prayed for. If there's pastors or elders or uh, there are uh, home group worker, workers here, I want you to come and help pray for people this morning. You're saying, I'm bleeding on the inside. I need, I need Jesus to heal me now. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. If you're waiting right now, just wait. Don't, don't walk away. They'll come to you. They'll be praying for you in a moment. In fact, I'm going to come down and pray with some of you right now. Matt's going to sing that song again for us. We're going to carry on praying. If there's anyone out there that can help us in praying, you are a part of Riverside. You can help pray for people. I want you to come and pray with people right now. These people need your help. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Lord Jesus. Praise God. Let's stand, friends. <clears throat> Let's reach our hands out to God right now. Let's make God a promise together this morning. Let's say, Jesus, there's not going to be any cover-up here. <laughs> oh, I can't hide anything from you. You know me from the inside out. And God, I want to live for your glory. I want to live for your praise. I want to be all that you want me to be. I don't want to miss my day of destiny. I don't want to miss my day of purpose. I don't want to miss my day of being all that you intended to me, me to be. When you, you, you cradled me at the foot of the cross. Oh Jesus, I want all that your life can bring into my life. I reach out to you and I say, Jesus, the mask is off. The facade is gone and now we walk healed on the inside. 
in Jesus' name. I pray for you right now. There are some people standing right now that should have been at this altar. There are people standing right now that should have admitted your brokenness. I want you to know that God says, because you didn't come to the altar or raise your hand, He still loves you and you are healed in Jesus' name. You are healed in Jesus' name. If you believe that and you say, that, that's for me, Pastor John, I, I didn't come to the altar, but I believe it. Will you raise your hand right now? Amen. Father, I break the chains of the lies of the devil. I break the lies of Satan that have sought to hide from these people their real need on the inside. And I pray that they will walk free from this service and will know the blessing of God upon their lives. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Go in peace. The Lord bless you.